Welcome to episode 34 of Legend of the Glorio Heroes. Wait, did I say... You mean 24? 24. 24. Wow. Did I say 34? My bad. Also, I don't think it's even 24. It's It's 23! My god, we we are off to a great start. Okay. Oh, I see what happened here. I was typing this in and... I hit three four instead of two three. Okay, okay, that is. Ah, uh, your fingers were off. Yes, my fingers were off. This is a, a fantastic Props start. A great to start. a fantastic podcast. You know, every voyage among the two stars, you know, is going to have a few typos. Indeed, indeed. It's fine. As that might indicate, you know, uh, we may not be, uh, we may not be Renaissance men like Cao Cao, but. We'll still give our best attempt at giving you all the hot takes and socio-political discussion. I mean, who, who's a better Renaissance man, Cao Cao or Admiral Mecklinger? Uh, that's a close one there. Um, what if Admiral Mecklinger was there during the Romance of the Three Kingdoms? You know, I'm not sure. actually sure how Mecklinger would fare. I feel like the Romance of the Three Kingdoms really rewarded your... <laughs> It really rewarded. It really rewarded your Reinhardt and Oberstein types more than your Mecklinger types. You know. What about your Shenkops? Uh, your guys Lee's. like Shenkop and Yangwen Lee would uh, eat shit immediately because uh, they are oh. <laughs> they are nowhere mean enough to uh, 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 to to survive in that time period. Um, well, Louis Mashengo. I think Louis Mashengo. No, actually. Romance of the Three Kingdoms is interesting because, like, it is very much a story about how all the, like, conniving, shady people win in the end, and all of the honorable, straightforward warrior types die. Ah, it's And, like, anybody who has anything resembling, like, compassion or empathy for their fellow man is, like, immediately punished for it. Okay, so real life, got it. Uh, It really is a historical. It truly is. It truly is. So. We are here to talk about the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. I'm your host, G, and with me, as always, my Zhang Fei to my Guan Yu is my co-host, Iro. Uh-huh, I'm still here uh, on this journey to the Sea of Stars. Yes. You know, I steer this podcast, and so I'm going to keep making Romance of the Three Kingdoms references, you know, because... Uh, yep, and I will keep being a poor excuse for a... Chinese man. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like, <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms is a pretty incomprehensible mess in some places, and I wouldn't act like I'm particularly an expert either. Just uh, Total War Three Kingdoms came out recently, and you know, mm-hmm. all uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. just like a certain uh, a certain would be conqueror, all I want to do is conquer the known, all of known China, but everybody mm-hmm. just keeps getting in my way. Yes, well, did uh. Anyone in the Three Kingdoms destroyed the Earth Coal headquarters. You know what? They totally did, you know, team up to they take fight out... all the way to the Himalayas. You know, they did team up to take down the Yellow Turban Rebellion, so they kind of did, actually. <laughs> all right. Yes, well, uh, what we're doing... <laughs> padding for time, uh, so I could pull up the episode titles Excellent. here. This, this week on uh, Legend of the Glorio Heroes, we're covering episode 64, Holiday's End. Episode 65, Against All Flags, and Episode 66, Under the Golden Lion Flag. Yes. This is a, an interesting trio of episodes, as we often say. Yeah, I, fi- I feel like we've finally gotten the, gotten what I predicted weeks ago Yes, about, well, it's time for Empire Politics, right guys? Yes. And then we got a bunch of crazy rebellions and stuff. Um, 
but now we're back to empire politics. Yes, yes. All that good, good empire politics you want to get into. You know, I think I think the overarching theme of these three episodes is everybody hates Oberstein. <laughs> Who doesn't? I feel like really? I feel like that is the entire like thematic element of these three episodes. Is he is the slimiest? Is everybody just like like? The subtext about Oberstein is no longer subtext. It is just text. It is just out there on the table. <laughs> like, nobody cares about being polite anymore. They're just like, fuck you, Oberstein, you slimeball piece know, of shit. Uh, that's a dog who gets along with other dogs. Yeah. Uh, I, we'll get into Binfield later. Uh, indeed. Uh, for, for now. Yeah, before we go full into the Empire stuff, episode 64 opens with... Uh, you know, Julian and the, the the crew of the Undutinus having escaped to the Earth Cult's clutches, yeah. and uh, their headquarters is blown up. Yes, yes. So uh, uh, where they collapse the Julian, mountain on themselves. Julian and Boris Konev and Poplin and Mashingo are standing on a mountain. Yes, and Boris Konev's dropping some shade on religion. Yes, the great line. Saying that, uh, go for it. <laughs> in a religion, there's nothing cheaper than the lives of its faithful. Yes, which is a fucking... It's the same as how politicians view the people and emperors view their soldiers. Yes, it's some good galaxy brain takes from uh, Mr. Konev here. You know, uh... You know, I think we all, I think we all miss Ivan, but I feel like Boris is bringing... Is bringing the heat. <laughs> they truly are related. <laughs> But, uh, you know, yeah, they kind of get to, like, uh, um, you know, being a soldier is a truly cursed existence. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, supposedly Young Wen Lee values the lives of his men, or so he hears. So he says. That, uh, but yeah. anyways, before, you know, it still gets to the question of, well, what do we do now? And what they do is they uh, they meet with Wallen. You know, Wallen's yeah, like, Yeah, I mean, uh, like, they're... they're- was we're Fazani? Uh, we uh, we're also infiltrating this place. Yes, yes. And we I, gave you all the information to blow I, it up. I like so. that they are still maintaining this cover, like you know, without any proof, just like their good word and their deeds. But like, you know, I mean, their deeds. Are pretty yeah, good. that's true. That's true. Fucking Poplin nailed that Poplin. dude with a syringe. Yeah. You know, but uh, so Wallen's like. I like this bit here where Wallen's like, well, I have to reward you guys somehow. And Julian being Julian is, of course, like, no, 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 we don't need rewards. Like, just, you know, we just need, sa- you know, we're just going to take. Just need safe, just safe, 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 safe passage back and then home. And Poplin's like, uh, dumbass, act more like a Fazani. Like, ask for something. <laughs> That's wheeling and dealing scumbags. Yeah, and Julian's like, oh, uh, you know, I've always wanted to go to the capital. <laughs> Which <laughs> is making good on our hopes that, uh. We're going to get a little bit of Julian hanging out on Odin. Yeah, when he went to Fazan before, after Yang's whole speech on, like, you need to expand your horizons. We were like, all right, time for some Julian Fazan stuff. We got that. We got, like, ten minutes of yeah. it before he immediately left uh, because of stuff. Yeah, because of that, my fear is that we're not actually going to see that much of Julian on Odin because, like... Because yeah. of, well, mainly it's because of the developments of these three episodes. I feel like we have kind of lost our chance for Julian to do something relevant because my hope, of course, was that with Julian being on Odin, we get the, like, the happenstance meeting of, like, Julian and, like, you know, maybe other, like, I mean, I'm not saying Julian would fucking somehow been talking with Reinhardt himself, but, like... <laughs> Talks with the Mittermeier. Right, right. He just shows up at Mittermeier's yeah. house, uh, like, everyone well, I mean, else. because, you know, you assume that, like, oh, if Wallen took Julian to Odin, maybe... 
Wallow to be like, all right, I'll be your guide around Odin or something. Like, uh-huh. or, uh, here, sure. here, here's my lieutenant. He'll like be your tour guide of Odin. And we would get some like, just like Julian, like just happening to run into Mecklinger or Mittermeier, you know, just, but <laughs> alas, alas, despite my love for Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Yoshiki Tanaka has denied me my my sweet sweet fan fiction the flower the flowers of yes, odin yes uh, the flowers of odin expansion uh introduces uh three new odin uh waifus to uh to, uh, to julian's harem <laughs> where's baroness westfalia yeah where is fucking see oh man see imagine if she ran into julian what kind of shit could they get up to uh, yes well uh but uh Speaking of Odin, yes. like stuffs getting stuffs happening because uh all of the all the stuff going down the FPA is starting to reach reach Odin. Yes, yes. Uh, so we have uh So as we found out last uh what was it was it last week where we uh No 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 never mind. I'm getting things mixed up. Anyways, point is yes, so uh, the admirals basically meet to discuss the, uh, the Leninkov issue. Basically, what do we do? Like, as far as we know, anyways, he is alive and yeah. prisoner on, you know, and, uh, Yang's fleet, so... And con- conveniently, uh, <laughs> Reinhardt has gotten sick again. Yes. And uh, so it's just a meeting with all of the admirals yes. instead. And uh, no boss man to, to bring down the room. And, and, uh, and so, of course, we have, like, you know, the admirals. We have Oberstein. And uh, noticeably, Oberstein has brought uh, Lang with him. Right. Who else we got? Royenthal, Bittermeyer, Mueller is there. Yes. Mecklinger, sure. Bittenfeld. Yes. So they're all basically, I mean, everybody's there. But mainly, this is a Mittermeier, Royenthal, and uh, Oberstein, like, centered conversation. Right. And so I love the because uh, the person who reports in is uh, a one Captain Ratzel yes. who was the guy who was basically Yang's handler. Uh, yeah. With, during the like two weeks Yang had of yeah. domestic yes. life, and so he's like, "It's not Yang Lily's fault. That guy's cool. Yeah. It was all Lenin Khan." And I mean, I th- and then here's the thing, right? Like, I the thing I've always loved about Legend of the Galactic Heroes is that people in this show like are fairly reasonable. You know, we don't always agree with their motivations or their actions or their intentions, but because we get to see people talk through their mentalities and their rationale, we understand, like, you know, how they, they never feel. Conclusions. It, yeah. You generally in this show, we're never like, oh, what a moron. Or, well, we are, but uh, also they've always gone through everyone's thought process. Yeah. Or even so. that, it's more like, you know, we always talk about like, maybe one of the worst possible like methods of plot development is like the big misunderstanding, right? Like, oh, X right. meant Y, so now Z is going to do something else. You know, like, like I could see like a weaker show most certainly would have used. I mean, okay, look, in the long run, the show does use Lenikov's <laughs> death as the catalyst for the next plot development. But the fact that we see them working through it, like initially, like. Like we we have this great bit where like Mittermeier is like the one like advocating caution and like moderation. Like Mittermeier is the one who's like right. everybody, whoa, whoa, calm down. Like we still gotta talk through this Lenikov issue. Also, let's all be real, Lenikov was kind of a dick. Like he probably brought this upon himself, you know. Of course <laughs> Oberstein was is the one who's like, like you know, <laughs> fucking oh, this is perfect. We should kill Yang Wen Lee. 
I mean, Oberstein convinced Lenkampf to act in this course of action in the first yeah, place a few episodes totally. ago. Like, he's kind of behind oh, this. Yes. Uh, totally. And I mean, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, so like, I, you, you get this great here bit here where like the generals are like talking through. They're like, no, no, we like we shouldn't like fucking like jump on Young immediately. Like we need to figure out like what we do with Lenin Comp to begin with. And we got a great bit here with Mittermeier is just going all in on Oberstein. Like, yeah, just we were fo- our our nation was founded on truth, not subter- subterfuge. Right, like you get Mittermeier, like ever the loyal company man he is. Like optimist, like trying to argue that look, we are not the Golden Bomb Dynasty. We do things differently now. We do things right, and you know, fucking uh, Oberstein. It is telling that when Oberstein is being such a dick that even Rorenthal gets fucking mad enough to start shouting at Oberstein too. Like, <laughs> you know, takes you know takes Mecklinger to advocate for everybody to cool it for a bit, right. I, I like these scenes yeah. a lot. Yeah, because where like, everyone's in a room right. and can, where everyone's in a room and you can like show their character by ch- chiming into the conversation. Yeah, like you get and it, and it helps make everybody look intelligent. Yeah, as well, because like it makes it makes everybody feel like an active agent in their own, well, their own agency. You know, like yeah. like nobody here is getting taken along for a ride, or at least if they're getting taken along for a ride. You know, they're getting taken along for a ride because they have been genuinely outplayed by their opponents, you know, but nobody just like yeah. passively accepts it. And finally, after all this stuff, because we're all talking about like how, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, should we hold Lenikov accountable for this? Because like in the end of the day, it was right. his job. He it was literally his job to maintain the peace. And he literally could not even do that for like two months. So like how okay. much <laughs> his fault as it is Yang's, of course, you know, then fucking fucking laying of course right like after, after Mittermeier basically says like if it is our fault we need to accept responsibility for that and not uh just not just cover it up to protect our own reputation right and then of course the lang of secret police yes. would yeah be like oh no it, it, Sully the Kaiser's good name or whatever. Lang uh, is basically just pulling the like uh, both sides bullshit right here, where he's like, "But haven't you considered, you know, like <laughs> the alternative?" And like, I love that fucking Lang opening up his mouth and saying his stupid bullshit. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Like it's so bad. It's so galling that. It, it agitates Royenthal of all people to just fucking lose it. Like, you know, oh, at, this is at, great like, though. Like Royenthal is so fucking mad. Uh, like, so, this scene was very satisfying. It's so good. Like it's so good. Like 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 Royenthal just like you know like Royenthal's basically just fucking gets up from his seat and is like, Who the fuck are you? Like, this is for high admirals. Who the fuck brought you here? Like, you know, side eyeing Oberstein, because he already knows who brought him here, but like he's yes. like getting like 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 where who said you could open your mouth? Like, who said you could say any of the things you were saying? Like, get the fuck out of here, or I will throw you out myself. Like uh. And and the thing I love about the scene is like, here's the thing, right? Like, Roythal's not really a good person. Like we know, oh no, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but but it's always very satisfying when you watch like someone like Roythal who is like 
moderately generally pretty collected yeah most of the time pretty collected but only generally not only like mostly a, a pretty like collected on the level guy but like he like he is like i mean i don't want to say he's evil but like he is like on the evil spectrum if that makes sense <laughs> and like, like and and it's very satisfying that because like because on, because only an evil person like Rainthal can recognize like even worse evil than him if that makes sense like sure like like you know, Rainthal might be kind of a dick but like he never he never he never acts in like straight up like bad faith or obfuscation like like if Roythal's gonna be a dick to you, right. Roythal's gonna be a dick to you pretty straightforward, you know? Like he's uh-huh. gonna kidnap you and have sex with you and then rant about like rebellion. <laughs> like like and, and, I, and I love that for someone like Ranthal, you know, he cannot stand someone like Lang, who is like so hypocritical, so like slimy, so slimy, who who speaks in like half truths and, 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 and bad faith. Like I love that like like so it takes someone like Roythal who's like like fuck you! I know your tricks. Like, you're full of shit. Don't even bother. And like, fucking just cows laying to like bailing out of there. It's so good. Yeah. But uh, there's a great. Uh, there's just one shot of here of Kessler being like, Haha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you know, just Ruthol is saying what everybody has had on their has had on their on their brain ever since you know Lang started showing up to these meetings. But, uh, yep. And, uh, so he goes to Overstein's office and meets him there yes. or Lang does. And he's like, uh, they're being so mean to me. Overstein oh, is basically, like, I miscalculated. I guess I shouldn't have brought you. <laughs> I, uh, Overstein is among the, at least like the most infuriating. Oh yeah. Unflappable. Because when we talk about like talking about obfuscations and half truths and bad faith, like Overstein is the king of that shit. Right. Like, he is the slimiest of them all. Like, you know, on this like evil spectrum I was talking about, like Oberstein will always be the fucking extreme end of that scale because yeah, he is he, just- he's basically like he basically tells Lang that uh can't do anything about Reinhold right now because he's he is trusted yeah like Reinhold by, uh, uh, by you know has street cred basically but but <laughs> Oberstein also concedes that. Yes, Roenthal is powerful today, but he not, he might not be powerful tomorrow. And so orders keep an eye out for irrefutable evidence. Yes, so orders Lang to try dig up some dirt on Roenthal. So you know we will see where that goes. But who cares about that? Because uh, the next yeah. scene, we finally uh, we are finally uh, uh, bestowed the grace of uh, <laughs> long-haired Reinhard. He's oh, your 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 beautiful sickly boy Reinhard. Yes, his laying in his bed. Right, apparently. Fever caused his hair to grow overnight. Like, I don't actually remember when was the last time. I don't. I don't remember the time frame of like episode sixty three. You haven't seen him. We haven't actually seen him in like a couple months. Really? I okay. I guess. I guess Reinhard just was just like, I'm trying something new. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, you know, back when Kirk Yaz was alive, he always commented he wanted to see me with long hair. Well, now, yeah, uh, sure. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> Reinhard. What do you think? This Leonard laying in bed with his with his hand on his forehead, like yeah, he's a fucking like he's a dainty little lady. I know, right? Overcome by the, the the sweats or like it's so fucking good. Just every time Reinhardt gets sick, he just fucking 
gets laid out and turns oh. into the most fucking beachhead ass like yeah hero or whatever. But uh, hanging out with uh, Emil von Sekla, his personal like ward yeah, slash doctor it, slash fucking whatever. Beat. Emil's uh, place in this story grows increasingly weird, or at least the subtext gets increasingly weird for me. If just because he, like, he is the replacement, Kirk, yeah, right, right, mainly that. But um, yeah, yeah. even Emil von Sekla is like, you should have a family, right? I love that. Even Emil is like, Reinhardt, you got to get laid, which is <laughs> very funny to me. You know, just uh, get your wife to wipe your sweat. Yeah. Uh, the thing I did want to say very funnily, though, is because now we have seen scenes of both Reinhardt and Yang getting sick. Yeah. I like that, like, you know, when Reinhardt gets sick, right, he is, like, you know, glistening and shining. His hair is long and unkempt in, like, in a beautiful way. His head, you know, pressed against his forehead. Whereas when Yang gets sick... He's wrapped in a blanket, giving lectures on the, the like, uh, nature of the military yes. and slamming back booze. Right, I think that was insane, is Yang is wrapped up in a blanket and drinking. <laughs> Same dude. I just the contrast in... The contrast in their self-treatment is... Is, is very good. But, uh, but yeah, so... Yes, even Emil bugging Reinhardt about, like, yo, dude, like, you gotta fix this succession crisis, and Reinhardt keeps, I feel like, again, keeps putting it off in a way, like, yep. just, like, keeps, uh, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, I mean, the, the, you know, my funny take on this, of course, is that this is still the same Reinhardt that was the Reinhardt who threw a turkey outside, talked to a girl. Right. This is the same. Right. This is the same. I mean, the same Reinhardt that gets excited about talking to a girl. This is the same Reinhardt that uh, threw a tantrum about going to a ball. And so, like, there's a part of me that, like, wants to believe that actually Reinhardt is just, you know, still the Im same immature brat we knew him in season one. Yeah. Like, has some kind of like weird some conscious like you girls are icky like mentality or something <laughs> but uh, you know, i'm sure we will eventually see what is reinhardt's like trepidation towards uh towards a relationship i mean like i guess it's because like with yang we kind of understood like oh yang couldn't put himself in a relationship because his sense of like self-loathing and guilt is too strong to like yeah you know get in the way of that but you think a guy like reinhardt would like rationally be like Oh, you know, like regardless of like actual affection, like having an heir is probably good for like setting up, you know, a, 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 some kind right. of political succession, you know, should the worst come to pass. But, you know, yeah. Anyways. But yeah. So Oberstein visits him and visits Reinhardt in his office and uh, basically lays out Lenin Comp done goofed. Uh, the, and also we should use this as an excuse to take over the alliance. Yes, yes, definitely. This is justification for us to just punch him down, punch down, take yes. him over. And we had even even Reinhardt. Even Reinhardt's like, shut up. Right. Like even Reinhardt is mad at Oberstein. Everybody is giving Oberstein shit today. Good. Fuck that guy. Uh, of course, the greatest part of this scene is then, of course, we have this bit where Reinhardt like fucking goes into his mind's eye where he is sitting in darkness under a spotlight. We get the fucking Xenogears spotlight. Which um, is, is such a good indication of fucking how over overly dramatic like Reinhardt's like <laughs> own sense of self is. Like Yes. Like Reinhardt is like, <laughs> oh, am I just a ruler who lusts for blood? Did I want Lincomp to fail so that I could have an excuse? 
And, you know, all of us on the sidelines are shouting, yes, Reinhard. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not just thirsty for blood. I just want to have a dignified confrontation of wills. Yes, it's, uh, you know, a clash of clash of great minds that, from which I can learn something. Right. Right, Kirky Eyes. Right. Right. That's all I, I that's all I want. It's good. That's that's right. Kirky eyes. That's what you meant in your dying words. Right, Kirky Eyes. Oh, boy. Again, you know. We always say this. I love Kirky Eyes. I feel like if we want to like, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. If we want to talk about like top five worst like worst last words ever spoken by a fictional character, I right. think Kirky Eyes might be up there. Just because you think surely Kirky Eyes of all people should have realized even in his dying moments <clears throat> that well, phrasing his Kirk final words to Reinhardt the way he did. Would just allow Reinhardt to justify the worst imaginable shit. Yes, well, Kirk Eyes had a higher opinion of Reinhardt than was perhaps necessary. Yeah. Well, anyways, with all that yeah. you know, taken care of, we uh, we switch back to um the FPA or not the FPA to uh, yeah. um the Irregulars or whatever Yang whatever name Yang is coming up with for uh, yeah. I mean, we have people wondering if the Earth if the Earth cold is truly gone, which I bet not. No, I'm sure there's more of that. And uh, yeah, we got like Murkats. Yeah, we have- uh, talking to Schneider. Yes, and we find because, out that, uh, because Yang and his crew are headed to the, the station. Yes, the, yes. the station that name whose name I can't remember, but yeah, in no, my head, no. in my head is Sherwood Station. <laughs> I mean, that's close enough. But uh, yeah, we find out an inter- we find out kind of an interesting bit about Murkatz, where he says that he has two goals he wants to accomplish before he dies. The first is to find you know the boy Kaiser Irwin. Uh huh. You know, it seems that despite all the things we like about Murkatz, he is still a he is still a Golden Bomb loyalist through it. He always was, I think. Yes, I think like it's it's a good reminder that like just because he's been on our side for like thirty episodes does not mean Mercats is a champion of the Free Plants oh, Alliance and democracy. No, no, I think it is it is way closer to a the enemy of my enemy is my friend right. situation. But, I mean it, you know but but emphasis on the friend part because Mercats's other goal, his hope anyways, is that with whatever life he has left, he can he can put enough things into action to pull hopefully pull Yang away from the inevitable war. <laughs> To pull the younger generation out of this never-ending war. Yes, that you know he finds you know, like even someone like Murkatz recognizes the intrinsic tragedy in like the situation of a person like Yang Wenli, you know, like and, and the world he has caught himself in, and it's, you know it, it's just it's just kind of a nice bit that really speaks volumes to Murkatz's character that like you know he is he's his old dude, a member of the older generation that like is like. I want to leave the world in at least a slightly better place than, you know. Will Mark Katz and Bukok ever be in the room together? <laughs> <sighs> you know, we never did. I that. think those two might get along. <laughs> Even when Mark Katz was on Earth or on, on, on Hynasin, I guess we never did get that scene, which is a, a damn shame because I think our chance has passed us by on that. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. So fan fiction writers, uh, that's another one for you to do <laughs> is um, Mark Katz and Bukok, like, go to a bar or something. Uh <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 we then pull over to uh, Yang Wenli um, on his way. Uh, uh, I really loved this scene. And, and what is, I think I am well willing to, to concede as maybe top five. top five Legend of Galactic Heroes scenes of all time. 
Um, so we have, <laughs> so we have Yom like kind of chilling out, like your cap over his eyes. You know, looks like he's taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we got Shenkop and um, Shenkop, Dusty, Duffy and Kazalu all kind of just like, just like talking shit. You know, just like, uh-huh. you know, talking about you know what they would do if not for the situation. Or Shenkop, like, you know, I I used to want to be a teacher. You know, I hate doing homework, but I love giving it. <laughs> You know, and it's like, uh-huh. it's like, just, you know, it's, 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 it's they're just chatting right. and, and that's what talking shit. About it. and it's like, it's a really incidental conversation. Like it doesn't really push the plot forward. You know, it, 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 hell, it doesn't really even necessarily reveal new depths about our characters. It's just kind of like, these are the characters, you know, and love just interact with each other. And yeah. Like, like kind of talking about the situation, yeah. but, but it, also like, really take it talking pretty easy, pretty light considering like how grim the situation actually is. And then meanwhile, Yang, who looks like he's napping is actually like fucking running like, the number. Yeah. He is running the numbers on all cylinders. He is in full on galaxy brain mode. Like he is running every simulation in his head. He's like, do we, do we go to alpha seal? How do we, how do we take Iserloan back? Like maybe we can like, make a deal with Reinhardt if we can like get a meeting with him. Like, things, everything's happening too fast. We don't have time. We don't have the numbers. Right, we don't have right. the resources. Like, Leidenkopf is dead. That throws a wrench to everything. Like he is running every possible, like, and, and, and he is doing everything in his power to try and figure out the solution. Could have, we could have done this. We could have done this. Could have done this. So he wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Like, it's all my fault. Yes. Yeah, so you, you could feel like Jan's like desperation, but to everybody observing, it's just that old that oh, old, oh that goofy Yang Wenli just napping in the middle of a battle or not a battle, but like you know in the middle of this big horrible situation. And like you even start, and of course you get guys like Shenkop, you know, start like joking about it, like like we can only talk, like you know, like it's fine. Oh, our fearless leader just napping. Yeah, yeah, like and you get and you realize oh, like Shenkop and. Dusty, they can be who they are because they believe in Yang so much. And Yang has done such a good job of maintaining the illusion that he is he has a situation completely under control. And I think <sighs> it speaks volumes to his character. Like Yang knows that like the moment he starts to show hesitation, the moment he starts to show like fear, like like Yeah. It will spread to the rest of the crew. It will it will destroy their morale. Like in many ways, like we talked about how Reinhardt is beholden to his reputation and, and the image that he upholds. But like, I think... So is Young Wen Lee. Yeah, so is Young Wen Lee. Young Wen Lee is just as bound by his obligations and his responsibilities. And, you know, you, you could see it killing him, you know? Like... <laughs> says everything's popped off in only two months, but if he had his way would have taken five years. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it speaks to the tragedy of his character, you know, that like, I'm not saying that like the young Wen Lee we see lazing about isn't an aspect of his character. I think it is. Right. But like, it also speaks to like this fact that like, yes, he gives off that impression, but young Wen Lee never truly stops thinking like it is intrinsic to who he is. And be, yep. you know, it's just you know, yeah. It'll get Young Winley, let Young Winley rest. Yes, please, please let our boy rest. But uh, he doesn't deserve this. He does not. But uh, 
anyways, we go back to uh, Reinhard, where... Yeah, they're making official preparations to move the capital to uh, Fazan. Yes, so we have... And he's basically saying Papa Mariendorf, as Secretary of State, will be the regent on Odin. Everybody else is coming to Fazan, no exceptions, except for Kessler and, like, Mecklinger and... uh, Wallen. Wallen. Yeah. So everybody, you know, Reinhardt is consolidating his power base on Fizan, kind of the center of the known space. Yes, yes. But uh and then the episode ends with uh Alpha Seal declaring independence. You know? Yeah. uh, We begin to kind of see that like yes, as Reinhardt consolidates his power base, though the rest of the galaxy begins to splinter apart in interesting ways. And we even, we even see some Royenthal Mirmeyer talking about, uh, <clears throat> about the situation complaining about Overstein. Well, yes, yes. You know, uh, just, and uh, fricking Royenthal thinking to himself that, ah, I, I, I didn't see, like I once wanted to seize power, but now I'm content with. For now, I'm content with watching the rifts between the Kaiser and Overstein grow larger. Yes, there is an aspect of of Reuthal basically saying, like, you know, I wanted to take, I, I wanted to run this shit someday, but you know what? I'm gonna side with Reinhardt out of sheer spite for Oberstein. So, <laughs> which truly speaks to. Just Oberstein's uncanny ability to unite people against him. But, uh, yeah, so uh, with that episode finished, we uh, we kind of move on to episode 65, which opens up with uh, the FPA kind of uh, still in the same in rates, you know, that it was before. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're covering up the whole Yang incident. Uh, yeah. Yes, which has the FPA citizens kind of protesting and demanding that Labello and the FPA government publicize the truth. Uh, we see a shot of Labello here, not looking too hot. Yeah, um, Labello is falling apart. Yes, um, Labello's falling apart at the seams here. Uh, it's it's not it's not a good look for him. But uh, and we get us we get this montage of uh, because the truth is not fully been publicized. Some people are throwing around crazy rumors. Yes. about what's going on like young win lee has been captured and now he's in a military prison or uh young win lee is hiding in a mountain villa right <laughs> and then we just these dumbass rumors about young win lee until we get to the one rumor that is you know actually on the money <laughs> young win lee young win lee and len Con fatally shot each other <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the one <laughs> but uh yeah so we go from that to a great scene of Fucking Yang trying to come up with a good catchy name for their splinter fleet. Right. You know? um, which uh, is a very good use of his time, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, we find out that... Uh, uh, we find out more about the Alpha Seal uh, Declaration of Independence. Turns out that Alpha Seal has apparently always been a... A, a hotbed of, I guess, uh, of liberal democracy, you know? I uh, think it's the first planet, like... At after Ezerlone. Yes, yes. Um, so we say that like Alpha Seal and Ezerlone uh combined kind of form a specific corridor of space. Yeah, and uh I guess Alpha Seal like felt safe about declaring independence because 
they assumed Young Wen Lee would come and save them. Yes, we have um, a, we have some guy Romsky who's like a I guess a, some a politician for like the like democratic the, movement, yeah. Alpha Seal, basically singing a speech. Young Wen Lee yeah, democracy's great guys, but and, uh, Young Wen Lee loves democracy, so if he loves democracy, he should come help us. Yes, wake at the camera. Yang Wen Lee, come to Alpha Seal. It's like, fucking, of, of course they would try to play. I mean, you know, of course they would. I mean, mm. I, think, I think it's as much of a, I mean, I mean, I want to believe it's as much a power play as it is genuine. I think that, like, Alpha Seal has always held a certain goodwill towards Yang Wen Lee. Yes. You know, one of Yang Wen Lee's. That's what, the thing is, that's what they're counting on as yes. a political play, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, true, true. But, I mean, also, I mean, Yang Wen Lee kind of mentions it himself that, like, you know, technically, it is probably somewhat advantageous if we can hold Iserlone and Alpha Seal because, like, that form is like a pretty solid bulkhead. Yeah, I guess my like trepidation is that yes, we hear the Alpha Seal declared independence, but the only thing we really see of that is this politician saying yeah. like, I'm really help us," and not necessarily like. No, that is, I, maybe the, maybe there's just not time for it, but uh, right. like, I mean, you're definitely you're definitely right about that for sure. Uh, I'm definitely like, not going to apply this entirely like a a, a you know a uh, a uh, what's the word fully uh, genuine yes yeah, fully genuine approach, but right you because know I'm I, just I think, I think back to the Jessica Edwards stuff yeah. you know where like totally. A little more, bit more time was spent on how she did, but she believed in the ideals yeah. of democracy, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think we will see how that plays out. Like, I mean, I think it's yeah. just likely that Alpha Seal becomes, you know, a card in Yang's hand as it becomes yet another like anchor for him to to bear. But uh, yeah, we kind of get into this then, though, because like because of that news, you know, Shankop is kind of like again, Yang, like, <laughs> hey, Yang, take power, be the boss. You should really take power, and like Yang keeps like you know saying no, 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 I'm a military man. Like it's a bad, it's a bad precedent for the military to take political power. To which I think, okay, for, for, on one hand, like I think Shankop is actually technically valid when he says technically you're not a soldier anymore. Like you're not getting your pension, are you? But uh, you know, Shankop then also kind of gets into like you know what the difference is between you and Reinhard, like. It's not talent. Like, we all saw that at, at the Battle of uh, Vermilion. Like, it's not capability. Like, the right. difference between you it's two ambition. is ambition, you know? Like, yeah, like, 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 sh- I mean, Shinkup kind of gets into this, right? It kind of echoes back to the original converse, like, to the first conversation between um, Yang and Reinhardt when they met for in person. Like, yeah. Yang holds certain, like, inalienable truths to be, like, the objective, like, laws of the universe. You know, and some of the, you know, those objective laws, at least for him, you know, is of course, it's like, uh, you know, the good of democracy, you know, the the people's right to like self-agency. But Reinhardt, on the other hand, says that I don't care if there is an objective universal truth. Like I will, I will bend and twist and grab it and make it to my own image. And, you know, we don't know necessarily, we don't know which of those two takes is necessarily, you know, the objectively uh, quote unquote objectively good like philosophy but it speaks volumes to like how much characters yeah yeah, you know like i mean i think what shenkop's getting at and you know of course i think you know we said it you know shenkop is maybe yang's most loyal man and i think that is why shenkop can say these things yeah i can ask yang like what what is it that you hope to accomplish at this point like what do you want 
Right. I think I'm actually. What is your end game? Like, yeah, I'm so glad Shikub actually said that because as much as I love Yang Wen Li, what is his end game? Like, we know what Reinhardt's is, but Yang Yang has been so reactive in this show. I don't think we've ever. I mean, like, what is his character? I mean, that's his whole character. Like, like. He probably doesn't even know what he wants, you right. know. Like, and and I think that I think a guy like, an inherently passive kind of person, right? And I think we're getting. I think Shekhov is getting to that. You're too passive. Like, think about like, and and you know, I'm not saying that like Shekhov is necessarily right here, but he's saying think of what you could have achieved if you had Reinhardt's ambition. Like, think of how much good you could have done for the universe. You know, like like fuck the precedents, fuck the long term. Like, think about the people who live here and now in the era we live in. Like, how many of them would be alive and safe and prosperous if you were willing to do the things Reinhardt did? And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, I don't think, you know, Shinkop is necessarily right, but the fact that he is, you know, he is pointing out that, like, Yang has an absurdly low scope of ambition, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, I guess, I think, I think that is why. I think, I think that is what is going to make it interesting to see, kind of you know how Yawen Lee's arc eventually concludes, because you know this is I, who Yawen Lee is. Yeah, you know, like yeah, because he is a man who doesn't really have like this grand universal plan. So what happens? He's a guy doing the best he can with what he's got. Yeah, yeah, but like. Even somebody who is so good at escaping from the from 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 the corner, if he get keeps getting pushed into corners, like eventually, yeah, you're gonna run out of leeway. And yep. I feel like that has kind of been the entire thrust of this season for Young Winley. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so Lobello gives his press conference and uh, saying that. He denounces Alpha Seal and then leaves and does not address what the public actually wants to know. Right. Which is what's, what's up with Young Win Lee? And uh, he uh, is informed that <clears throat> trying to reinstate Bucock is not happening. Right. I love that Bucock, Bucock refuses to have any of this shit. Yes, yes. I'm so happy. Like, I, I was initially worried we'd fucking pull Bucock into this conflict, but I love that Bucock is smart enough to play the political game of just like. No, dude, I'm good. Like, I'm sick. I'm done with this I, shit. I'm, I'm an very, old mystical old man. Leave I'm me alone. Very, very sick. <laughs> you know, just like, like wink and nod. Like, I can't. I, you know, I, I am too sick to command your fleets. Which, of course, yeah. uh, means that a uh, Chung Yu Chan gets uh, yeah. summoned into Labelle's office and becomes the uh, interim commander yeah. of the NBA fleet. You know. Yep. Uh, uh, Chung, who we have not seen in a while, kind of uh, comes back and you know continues to be fucking amazing in his like every sparing appearance. Where you know Chung is basically like laying it on the table for Labelle. He's like, "Look, I accept command. I will follow orders. Like, you know, I believe in democracy. I believe in like you know the chain of command. But this will end in folly. Like, if you command me to go after Yang Wen Li, I will go after Yang Wen Li. I will probably die." Like, I don't think I can take him, you know? Like, also, attacking him is no benefit to us and only benefits the Empire. Right, right, you know? And I feel like that actually kind of plays off of a pretty good scene we kind of skipped over very quickly, where, like, Yang is basically explaining the political situation that Chung Yu Chan is talking about here, which is like... Yeah. 
stalemate where basically whoever makes the first move and whoever pushes too hard will mm-hmm. like bring the weight of every other faction down upon them. Like yeah. Yang if Yang pushes too hard with his splinter fleet, the FPA and Reinhard will team up against him. But if he takes too long, like nothing's going to get done. But also like if the FPA pushes too hard on him, he will be forced to you know, consider bargaining with Reinhard. And we have a great bit where he's like moving around glasses and salt shakers. Yeah. To, and I to love illustrate I, his point. And I love that the glass of whiskey is Reinhard. So. Yup. Uh, Reinhard, <laughs> you know, is Reinhard a rye or is he a bourbon or is he like a scotch? I do not know my fucking liquor well enough to comment on that. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like, let's be real. Let's be real. Do you actually think like, Young Wen Lee is a is a brown liquor man. Uh, I guess Young Wen Lee mostly drinks brandy. Like, let's be real. Based on what we've seen of Reiner, Reiner's a wine man. Like, yeah, yeah. Remember, he's the dude who's like double fisting glasses of wine. It's true, you know? it's true. So we actually Reinhardt, have- Reinhardt's been drinking his wine, not the not not uh Young's hard stuff. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's another spinoff we can throw into the pile. Is uh. A bartender, yeah, a Valhalla expansion uh, <laughs> with uh, a crossover with Legend of the Galactic Heroes, where you serve mm-hmm. members of the FPA and the Empire drinks. Uh huh. And bar and Ezerlone. You're just a bartender in Ezerlone's commercial district as Ezerlone changes hands repeatedly. Um, yes. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, uh, so, so good. <laughs> hmm. I feel yeah. like. I feel like, I feel like Yang, Yang's not much of a bar drinker, though. I feel like every time we see him drink, he... he, he... Yang knows the score, man. No! You're all, you're all giving me shit for being a home drinker. No! Uh, I'm actually speak poorly to you if you're going to compare your drinking habits to Yang Wen Lee, a man who drinks in his I'm own... just home. speaking the truth, dude. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, guys like Shed Cop, Dusty, Poplin, they know how to have a good time, you know? Whatever, dude. Sometimes you just need to get the job done... The problem is that is that is exclusively Yang Wen Li's approach to alcohol, which yeah, again, I think speaks about it. So to his character, yeah, relatable, dude. <laughs> same, same Yang uh, Wen Li. Anyways, we cut back to uh, uh, well, he does. I do want to bring up what's point uh, Yang Wen Li makes here about he's basically like we need to negotiate with Reinhard somehow because out of everybody in the Empire, only Reinhard will like has the character to keep his promises. Like, maybe he's a fucking warmonger and lusts for blood and will conquer and crush and take revenge and purge his own people, but he would not break a promise. Yeah, basically, Young Young gets to the heart of it is that, like, Reinhardt can be bargained with. It's the rest of the Empire infrastructure that is the problem here. Uh, but Basically. yeah, so then we have, uh, <laughs> we have Dusty just showing up, like, again, again, this conversation once again leads me to, a- leads me to ask the question of what the fuck does Dusty do? Because apparently Dusty has time to just gossip about Shen Cobb's right. daughter, um, to Yang Wen Li, where he's like, hey, now don't tell anybody, I, I, I you, you heard it from me, but apparently Shen Cobb's, uh, a legitimate daughter is here on the base, Fucking Dusty, you need to chill. And it's just <laughs> Dusty who wears the pirate outfit. Dusty who like 
couldn't find an FPA uniform in time on on Highness running around in his fucking clubbing outfit. Right. That Dusty, didn't happen. Okay. Dusty shipping uh Julian and Cataros. Just like <laughs> I so love out Dusty. Dusty. what does Dusty actually do on the fleet? Like I don't know, man. Like you have this general idea that okay, Kazanu handles logistics, Shenkop like trains the Rosen Ritter and you know, does Rosen Ritter stuff, but like <laughs> I don't know what Dusty's job is on the fleet other than like <laughs> uh, fucking just being that dude who is always willing to chime in on a conversation regardless of whether he actually is like he has a right to or not. But uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah like I said, and, uh, yeah. speaking of Julian, we uh, cut to Odin yeah. as, they're, as they're, you know, we're, they're visiting uh, New San Sushi. Yes, I love that. Fucking, I love Julian, but fucking, hey, Julian's such a fucking square. Of course, the thing he he's does. He's walking around in his, like, lavender polo with his pink sweater over it. I mean, even more than that, just fucking, of course, Julian, of all people, like, oh, we're visiting the fucking home capital of the Empire. I know. Let's go to the fucking museum. Like, <laughs> which is a very uh-huh. move. Meanwhile, Poplin with his fucking scumbag, like, short sleeve oh. shirt and sweater tied over his neck. Oh, Poplin's so good. Poplin, Poplin is... Empire ladies. Oh, Poplin is great. I... <laughs> uh, Poplin, like, I, I can't get in her hotel this. room. It's like, chill, man. Look, Calm man, he your is... Ass. Look, man, he, he, is, he is consensually hitting on the ladies. Like, you know, he is, he is pushy, but he's not, like, forceful. And, uh, apparently... Apparently, Poplin's got a pretty fucking good batting average you know just like because uh, uh like a character like poplin you have to expect the joke to be like he's constantly like getting turned away from from women or like getting slapped for his advances but i feel like every time we have seen poplin on screen he is like moderately successful which i think i mean what's Pop- what's his batting average at this point I don't know. I mean, I don't know if maybe Poplin doesn't have a high batting average. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Poplin just always, always shoots for, you know, he always shoots, right? Like he, he's living up to that Wayne Gretzky quote. Of, yeah, like, yeah. You miss every shot you don't take. Like just <laughs> Poplin always takes the shot, you know? Yeah, but, and he uh, tells Julian, you know, you need, you need to be careful, Julian. You're good. It's you're good, so good at so many things that, uh, you know, versatility never doesn't pay. Right, and but the way he phrases, of course, is that like, you know, you're second best to Yang at tactics and strategy. You're second best to Shenkop at close quarters combat, and you're second best to Poplin at like piloting. At, at, at piloting, so, so you like, need to make sure you're better than me at getting the ladies, which is. Uh, and, you know, and, and in response to that, Mashengo says, "One cannot go against one's fate." <laughs> Mashenko doesn't Mashingo. get a lot of lines, but every, every, time, every time he says he drops something along those lines. Every like, every Lewis Mashengo line is a uh, gift. Man, a man cannot go against his nature. <laughs> yes. But uh I you know, it's just like yes, Mashengo is a I mean not Mashengo, uh Poplin is a dirtbag, but also Poplin, I think, you know, the funny thing is if I were to describe any of the people in Legend of the Galactic Heroes as a Renaissance man, <laughs> like I think Poplin would actually be a contender. Like, a contender. Like, it would be Poplin and Mecklinger, basically. Like, Poplin's getting there. That is true. But I'm just saying, look, Poplin is an accomplished Starfighter pilot. 
an expert in recognizing uh, foreign talks. Yep. And is an international man of mystery. Yep. You know, <laughs> can't argue with that. Also, uh, weirdly, so often the smartest person in the room, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I don't know how he manages it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Anyways, uh, we... Uh, yeah, meanwhile, Mr. Silverberch is uh, working himself to the bone to move the uh, capital to Fezzan. Right. No, this is no trivial undertaking, you know. I kind of yeah. do love these scenes of, like, all these fucking Empire dudes in their fucking Empire-ass outfits, but then just wearing hard hats. Right, or, like, like looking at tablets and fucking... It's very funny because, like... I guess it's like, well, I guess even if Reinhardt was to modernize the Empire, people are still going to dress, you know, like their fucking Renaissance fair, you know, ass, you know, costumes. So, but I don't know, just the the contrast of like, let me wear this fucking frock and cravat, but also a hard hat because I'm on a construction site. Yeah. And uh, uh, the episode basically ends with Yang Wenli releasing Lan Kamsvati, including yeah. uh, information about... About the events uh, to uh to the empire. Yeah, and, so we uh, find out that uh was it Steinmetz? Steinmetz, who almost a, got pushed into a black hole. Um, yes, is the one who was sent to go. He's originally sent to go to Heinesen to uh, survey the situation, but uh, upon receiving Lenikamp's body and the truth of his uh of his deceit of his uh, of his death, he reports uh, back to, to Reinhard. Yes, and the episode ends with everybody kind of uh, awaiting Reinhard's decision or right. his response. Now, now that he Reinhard. has. Like the Castle of Belli, yeah. Truth of the matter, basically. Now that so, Reinhardt's got all the information, what's he gonna do? Right, which is what we find out. And episode yeah, six, I mean, we six. find yes. <laughs> there, uh, everybody. He yes. calls me with the top three. Yes, so everybody's on Fazan. Um, people, we right. have enough time has passed. Well, time, at, uh, yeah, a few couple months have passed. Uh, yeah. You know, what? I don't, I don't mind these time skips because, like, a, you know, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, motherfucker, you're not going to move to a new capital in a week. But right. b, my head cannon is that for every month that passes that we don't see Yang Wen Lee on screen, that maybe his life is just slightly more peaceful than whenever we do see him on screen. Yeah, but uh, I do like also just. It's hard to remember sometimes because we're watching these episodes that just jump immediately to when big stuff's happening. But like yeah. stuff like this takes time. All yeah. of the stuff like, yeah, we're used to genre fiction where everything pops off in a week. Um, but big offensives, big, big civil engineering. I mean, motherfucker, moving moving your capital takes a lot of time. Under under half a year, under half a year of your inauguration is right. literally insane to me. Like, right. like, like real world countries have taken longer than lifetimes to achieve similar goals. You know, like, right. But I guess you know maybe a part of that is also just speaks to well, that's the advantage of an autocracy. I guess where you if say, one man at the top says, so, I say it, you make it so now. Right, one man at the top says jump. Everybody says how high. But, uh, but yeah, so we have Mittermeier and the other generals or admirals yeah, the, meeting. The, the top uh, fleet admirals, it's Mittermeier, Rolenthal, and Oberstein sitting yes. in the office waiting for Reinhardt. We have we have Mittermeier. He's so precious here. He's like, Mittermeier's trying to be like the moderate in the room who's like, like all right, everybody, like, look, Lennon death is a tragedy, but it's not Young's fault. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. Like, Lennon always kind of a... Uh, <laughs> Kind of was it was always kind of a dumbass. Like he probably brought this upon himself. 
Oberstein's the one who's like, no, we gotta hold Young responsible. Like, let's kill Young. Yep. Let's and kill Young. And of course, Royth of all people is the one who basically says, like, dude, like, doesn't this more speak to how bad of a job Lenikov did if he couldn't even, like, fucking maintain peace on Earth for, like, more than two months? And, like, in all likelihood, Lenikov went after Yang out of his own petty grudges, you know, since, yep. you know, Lenikov got dunked on by Yang, like, not once but twice in his military career. Um, but, this uh, whole conversation, they, the, the, where Roenthal and Overstein kind of just Luke, snipe at each other while discussing yeah. the politics of the Empire and how, like, military Overstein's like, well, I, of course I won't do anything because you two hold all the military power. Yeah, there's definitely like this. Paul's like, no, we are just agents of the Kaiser who he holds all the military power. You're just, uh, you're just like coming up with ways to villainize us. Yeah, yeah. Of course, an Oberstein snipes back with like, well, if you're just agents of the Empire's will, then aren't I just an agent right. of the Empire's will too? Hmm. Which is a very fucking unfathomable <sighs> Oberstein ass move. Fucking. Uh, but I do like they as they start shouting at. Overstein, uh, before Reinhardt comes in, Overstein just gets up and walks out of the room for like yes. two but minutes. That, but it's Mittermeier of all people who's like, shut up, both of you. Like, <laughs> everybody calm down. Like, if there's another big thematic uh, element of the these three episodes, it's that I kind of like Mittermeier's weird, like, rise to political leadership of the Coalition of Admirals. Like, <laughs> Like Mittermeier is right. this is becoming the weird like moderating voice in yes like for all we t- we joked about Mittermeier basically being a slightly smarter Bittenfield like <laughs> that that's giving that's a giving uh, Mittermeier too little credit and Bittenfield too much credit yes but uh <laughs> but we'll see we'll see how that goes for Bittenfield later in this episode. But uh, yes, it causes Oberstein to just fucking leave the room, like go for a bathroom break. I need to see Oberstein get flapped at some point yeah. in this show. Like, I, it, as long as it happens, I'll be okay. But yes. he is just so flat and unflappable and slimy in I mean, every I mean, way that like, I want to see everything he's tried to build crumbled from his eyes. Yeah, you know? of course, totally. I, th- I mean, I think that's a thing with Oberstein, right? Is like he is the most infuriating type of villain, you know? And you're right. Like, and the fact that he is like basically, you know, won or benefited from every single one of his plots so far, like it just makes you want to see it all fall apart even faster. Like, yep. but, uh, yeah. So everybody kind of gets their shit back together in time for Reinhardt to show up. Cause, uh, Reinhardt right. you know, and Reinhardt's uh, like, basically says we take advantage of the situation to get Yang Wenli to join us yes yes Reinhardt um, uh, gives Reinhardt gives Yang Wenli a new appellation uh, Yang Wenli that man of uncommon talent <laughs> who we hope to bring into the fold the trickster that source of disease the magician right. Yang Wenli the trickster the magician you know the hero of Alpha Seal Miracle Yang you know, Yang Wen Li, the source of disease. Yang Wen Li will un- unleash his great and terrible power. Yang Wen Li, that man of uncommon talent. Just uh-huh. the list grows and grows with yeah. every episode. But uh, Oberstein doesn't really want that to happen at no. all. Uh, and like a base law lays out all the reasons why they shouldn't. And also the only condition upon which he will allow it to happen, uh, which is basically an impossible condition. 
Right. He says right. if the, if they're gonna get Yang Wen Lee, we need to make him cut all ties of all ties with the alliance. Right. Um, he has to publicly denounce the FPA entirely. Yep. Which, of course, as Reinhardt and the rest of them literally say, like that's an impossible condition that basically ensures that Yang Wen Lee will never join us right. because, like, you know. But uh, but yeah, you know, just so they I love that. <laughs> Everybody in the scene, like while they're talking, are just like exchanging glances at like Oberstein's assertions. <laughs> like everybody is just like glancing at each other and like other people across the room being like, uh, okay. well, how do we feel about this? Right. And so they uh, basically <laughs> change the subject and uh, yes. are like, so uh, with now that you've got a great reason to just take all the uh, all the lines, you're going to do that? Like yeah, is that and, okay? Uh, and Reinhardt uh, fiddles with his locket. Yeah, a, he's, a bunch. Uh, yes, which is, uh, is like to which I think we've taken to mean he's a agitated and b thinking about what would Kirky eyes do. Uh, yes, and at least in this scene, it seems that the Kirky eyes ghost wins out because Reinhardt, for now, anyways, advises. Yeah. Uh, um caution about necessarily rushing into the situation yeah. which is you know when we see how that characteristic of reinhard yes yes but i mean i think it's a lot of it is because to be fair mittermeier and reinthal make pretty good arguments that like you rush into this fight and like you don't know how this necessarily goes like yes the fpa is weak yes yang wenli's fleet is small but there are a lot of factors in play right now and like mm-hmm. You push too hard now, and you risk like making the situation even worse for us than it already is. Yeah. Well, though it leads into this hilarious scene where Ryanthal is thinking to himself, "To like, oh man, Reinhard, don't make me overthrow you. Please, please, right. please don't make me overthrow you. Why you gotta make me rebel?" Right, right. Reinthal fucking, fucking victim blaming the person he is planning to overthrow. Reinthal's like, "I won't overthrow you as long as you continue to stay ahead of me." Like, yeah, Reinhard, you can only be great when you are ambitious. Right, you cannot be passive and stable. Right, you need to be aggressive and ambitious. Yeah, but uh, we have yeah. Hilda. We have we come back to Hilda. We haven't seen her in a bit. She's yeah, she's writing down. She's playing the numbers. She's right. She's basically just writing down on a piece of paper like every notable faction in in the in in space right now. And there's a lot. Uh, there's a as lot. it turns out, there, yeah. like, we got the new. We have like. The uh the new Reich. We have the FPA remnants. We have uh the Yang fleet. We have uh Fazan people who are still yes. out there. Rubinsky's still out there. Right. You uh, have like remnants of the Earth cult. Yes, and you have the, the Golden Bomb remnants, including yes. you know the bungling poet. Uh, yes. and you have El Fasil who declared independence. Yeah, like there's this idea that and like, you have the Earth cult. <laughs> yeah, like you have this, like, right, like there's this idea that, oh, of course, we've always thought of this as FPA versus empire. But like, actually, the political situation has become so fragmented and complex that like, it is not just as simple as like, A fights B, you know, and like, that is all there is to it. And like, maybe broadly, on some level, it is A versus B. But there are so many like, multifaceted elements to it that like, it can, that you know what just like real life geo you know geo geopolitics like it is never that simple you know like Hilda kind yeah. of comments that like sure the empire is probably the strongest of all these factions in the room but like if the empire pushes hard enough and makes the other fa- factions desperate enough like 
they'll happily like team up. Right. And- like Yongwen Lee could potentially unify several of these elements. Yes, yes. And like become underlines she underlines Yongwen Lee's name several times. Yes, That's it's very funny. Good. But I, I I think Hilda's kind of just putting it out there that like Yongwen Lee is the most pivotal person in this entire like political situation. Like Yongwen Lee's actions are kind of what will decide, you know, the uh the direction history takes, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, enough about that, because building the capital is still going. Uh, yeah. Silver Burst worked so hard to build the capital, he got sick. And yes. so his uh, his uh, subordinate, Galuk, had to take over, but he was unable to match Silver Burst's dogged determination in, in civil engineering and uh, yes. wants to talk to Reinhardt about resigning. But uh, we have this great bit here where Reinhardt basically pulls his whole Golden Prince thing of like, uh-huh. you know, blah, 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 you're plenty talented, you know, remain in my service. And I think the actual interesting thing about this all is that Reinhardt is basically, I mean, not Reinhardt, Reinhard is basically starting to address the sustainability of his government. Like, yeah, I like that even Reinhardt is recognizing that like, oh, the current government I've created literally only operates because I have employed some of the most like talented, like geniuses and individuals of my right. era, myself included. Like it is powerful. It is great because I have, you know, brought all of these amazing yeah. talented individuals under my wing. Cause it's so, been like, three months and we can burn hard. Yeah. Doing like, everything that needs to be done. Right. But like in the long term, no government is going to survive that sort of organization. So like, we actually need to start thinking about like, how do we organize our government? How do we organize like our like infrastructure in a way so that even people of middling talent can like manage it? Basically, how do we, how do we build a framework that is so self-sustaining that like normal people can still operate it at like peak efficiency, which is like, I I don't think this is actually a concept I've ever seen addressed in fiction. Like this is actually really neat. Like it's, I'll admit I'm not going to go too much of a historical tangent here because this is not one of my strong suits or not one of my strong areas. But like, nation building is hard. Like, like, like writing constitutions and like, you know, like, it's like a uh, infrastructure is difficult because like, you know, we talk about stuff like you know, for example, you know, the freaking the DMV or the IRS, right? Like these yeah. like very heavily, you know, bureaucratic government institutions and like creating the red tape that holds government together. Right. Like we complain about them, you know, as we rightfully should, but like (laughs) also like they exist because they need to be sustainable. Like they need to be like the reason why there are 15 forms with 300 sub forms is that, you know, again, this is not to denigrate anybody who works in bureaucracy, but it's basically so you can, you know, literally hand a monkey form A and it knows how to process it. So you eventually end at result B. Right. Like, because there are not enough geniuses to go around. And besides, the geniuses aren't going to be working at the DMV for the most part. (laughs) Like, you know, just, you need to create an organization that's sustainable, not just one that's great because the people are great. And, you know, I won't lie. Like this is the this is like I am genuinely impressed by Reinhardt's foresight here. Like I feel like one of the things I've always commented about and always criticized Reinhardt about is like your your organization is running on your inertia. Like your government runs on your talent. Like the moment you are gone, like it, it's all going to fall apart. So the fact that Reinhardt like 
knows this himself. Yeah. Like, I could sort of appreciate. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Mittermeier and Roenthal are chilling out as they tend to do. Right. It's uh, uh the fu- it's like the funeral for uh Lennon Compt. Yes. Yes. A private funeral. Uh, no posthumous uh, promotion because he killed himself, which is not honorable. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, so you know, Mittermeier and Roenthal are chilling out after. We also funeral, we also and- meet uh, we also meet Bruno von Napfstein and yes, Alfred so- Grillpalzer. I, I was getting there, yeah. So, like, and they are approached by uh, these two younger admirals. You know, they are sort of characterized as the kind of the young generation of admiral, up and coming right. admirals. That maybe one day Napstein and 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 Grill Pulser will be the, the twin you know, stars of the of the Reich. And they're basically like, uh, you're gonna get vengeance on Yang, right? Like, you're gonna kill him for <laughs> you're, you're gonna kill him for the whole Lenikov thing, right? Because they you know they served under Lenikov and like. You know, I think Napstein or whatever is like, you know, Lenikov was a, a strict, inflexible man, but he was a fair leader, which I'm not so sure about. But <laughs> And uh, it's a complicated issue. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we find out that uh, uh, Grill Palser is a huge nerd. Uh, this, is, this is like goofy interlude of how he's, right, a, like, he's a geographer slash explorer and uh, right. and how charts based on his his uh, like readings have been acknowledged and accepted to the museum. And he like excuses himself from the party to flip out in the bathroom yes, and jump up very... and down about how <laughs> his paper has finally been published. Yes. It's very funny, but uh, it makes me do wonder if those two characters will feature more, more prominently later down the line. I yeah. mean, if they do, I only can only hope this show will do what it always does and reminds us who they are because yes. motherfucker, I'm not going to remember these dudes in like three episodes, no less like 20 episodes. Yeah, totally, <laughs> dude. But, uh, yeah, and yeah. so all of the admirals are called into a meeting room. Yes. Uh, well, I like a bit right here, actually, real quick, where Mecklinger uh, is concerned about the changes to their military command system. Because, right, uh, Mueller is thinking back to uh, what Mecklinger told him. Right, because not only does Reinhardt want to decentralize like public infrastructure, he wants to decentralize military authority. And like, you know, you can see where Reinhardt is going with this, right? Again, like we don't want all military decisions to lie on a single on the back of a single ruler, especially if that single ruler ends up being, you know, less talented or less intelligent right. than Reinhardt. McClinger is basically saying if military power is not centralized, if Reinhardt ever dies, then you have a bunch of people all of equal power who want to who want that position. Yes, yes, which I hope, you know, I hope where, where, isn't where, I, guess, I guess, whereas if it was centralized, that sort of succession would be a lot easier. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, well, we'll see if Mecklinger is speaking prophetically or not, you know, about this, yeah. <laughs> about this situation. But yes, afterward, yes. Then we move on to uh, all the admirals have are meeting up to basically discuss the Lenin-Kampf situation. Yep. Uh, Reiner has called them all into a room. Yes, and they're, and, uh, they're talking amongst themselves. Mittermeier cracks open another crazy metaphor about how you know if we if we if we if we go into this too hot you know go into this too hot and hard the pot will boil over and the lid the once the lid falls off the boiling soup will spill everywhere it'll be chaos 
Oh, Mittermeier, I know you keep trying to sell these metaphors, but I so just of don't course, know. B- but of course, Bittenfield's like, yeah, take off the lid. <laughs> yes, Bittenfield, on the other hand, you know, maybe cut from the same cloth as Mittermeier. <laughs> is just like, let's just take the lid for ourselves. It's like, oh, Bittenfield. We need legal justification for seizing the alliance. Right, right. It's like one of the other admirals. Right, like, like one of the other admirals, like, what about the legal justification? And, and Benfield literally is basically just like, legal justification, is that something you can eat? Like, <laughs> like, it is like, I've never heard of the word before. Just, oh, what a, what, what a fucking idiot. Uh, but, but it's uh, so funny. It's so funny, yes. But just, yes, just Benfield wants to just fight everybody all the goddamn time. I love it. Uh-huh. And it turns out, finally... <laughs> I do. And what is? We oh, do. Sorry. We do get this short bit where uh, Minermeyer is like, "Well, I guess I have to be cautious because Mecklinger's not here. He would normally do that." Right. And also, also like, man, our our table of admirals first changed, huh? Yeah. Comp- yeah. Compared to season one, we kind of yes. go over like Mecklinger, Lutz, Steinmetz, Kessler are all ass- on assignment. Valens in the hospital. Kirk Yais, Kempf, and Lenkampf are all dead. Yeah, kind of like, you know, yeah, like, kinda again. Like this moment of silence for yeah, how much just, how shit has popped off since. Yeah, yeah, kind of just a wistful recollection of, like, you know, there's one thing Legend of the Galactic Heroes is good at. It is constantly upending the status quo. You know? Yeah, it's a kind of, it's actually really wild. <laughs> yeah, like, if you like, yeah, really putting it into context, like, it is wild how much has changed. You know, you know, we say that with Young, but even for the Empire, how much has changed since, you know, season one? And uh, anyways, Reinhardt comes into the room, basically, like, all right, guys, what's the deal? Uh, you know, Reinhardt seems, you know, pretty cautious. He's actually kind of like, hmm, I don't know if we should actually, like, set the legal precedent of, like, just invading willy-nilly. And then... Yeah, and... Uh, somehow... Yeah. Somehow... Fucking... Bittenfield, right? All I mean, his, all his fucking fire and fucking fire and vinegar is the one that reignites Reinhardt. Yeah, like, like Reinhardt, Reinhardt's worried of pushing too hard because he doesn't want to become like Kaiser Rudolph. Yeah, but uh, Bittenfield is just like, let's get him. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's 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 a flashier speech to that, but basically, Bittenfield is just like Reinhardt. Was it not like your burning heart that inspired us all to fight? Like, was it not your burning ambition that like made history? You know, yeah. like, will you not once again take up arms and like make the world as you see fit? And it was great. Then we're like, uh, Reinhardt is just like, you know what? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Bittenfield's right. <laughs> Like the most we, absurd words ever spoken in the, in the Empire. Bittenfield is right. Yes, fucking Bittenfield in episode 66. After 66 episodes of Legend of the Galactic Heroes, <laughs> Bittenfield has finally justified his presence among the Empire High Admirals. And it is glorious, but also absurd. So... <sighs> I, I like that. You know what? Pittenfield spent this entire show saying, let me at him. I'll let me take him, 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 him. And every time Reinhardt and everybody was like, no, 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 take it easy. Pittenfield. Like we don't need your, we don't need your specific, you know, specific set of talents just yet. 
But now, <laughs> finally, in episode 66, yep. Reinhardt is like, Pittenfield, take your Black Lancers and go to the FPA and pacify the situation and maintain like the front lines for my arrival. And it's like, <sighs> motherfucker, uh, we in it. Yep. Uh, just this whole speech about how he needs no castle before his his true throne is on the flagship Brunhild. Right, fucking God, just the Empire is just so dramatic. M is the Imperial Castle of the Galactic Reich. Right, fucking uh, I'm a man of the battlefield. Right, just Reinhard von Lohengram pulling a Louis the Sixteenth. You know, I am the throne. It's. <laughs> And, and, uh, and just like you have this yeah. great scene, you have this great bit where the narrator is like, and Reinhardt's words rouse the rest of the admirals yeah. to action. This is they like this the- is precisely why they followed him. It's just like, oh my god! Like fucking, like on one hand, I, I I guess it's probably meant to be like frameworked as like like a like a momentous occasion, but I'm just fucking like rubbing my temples here because this is just Reinhardt fucking pulling the world into yet another like. Yep. Yep. Highly unnecessary war. Hooray! War! Like, like, this is literally just another war Reinhardt didn't necessarily have to fight, but he's going to fight it because that's all he fucking knows. Yep. And, Thanks, you know, just, Reinhardt, for killing millions of people <laughs> again. And, you know, it's just like... <sighs> but at the same time, it's like, what else could you expect? Like... yeah. The Reinhard we know, the Reinhard we have watched grown across this series, mm-hmm. is not the Reinhard that would have ever like advocated caution and moderation. You know, like Reinhard is not a man of the open hand. You know, Reinhard is a man of the closed fist. Uh-huh. Like you know, <laughs> like I, I think Reinhard likes to think he is a man of the open hand, but oh, like, but, you know. know. If he truly did, like he wouldn't. A, he wouldn't employ. He would not employ people like Oberstein. But B, like you know, he would not do like he. He would not engineer half the situations that basically you know <laughs> force people into wars with him. You know, so yeah. But uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so, off to pacify the alliance again. <laughs> yet again. Just because that's great. Yes, let's set the legal precedent that the Empire can just invade whatever its leader feels fit to, because that certainly won't have like long standing like you know implications for you know you know your government down the line. Yep. <sighs> but uh Yeah. But yeah, I you know, I overall really liked this trio of episodes. Just like Yes, like the the conclusion they arrive at at the end of these three episodes is, in some ways, it was inevitable and predictable and expected. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily that, make it bad, though. No, no, because the fact of the matter is, the show was willing to spend like three whole episodes, basically dedicated to seeing like those people like talk through the rationale this decision. Yeah, you know, like. Like, yes, at the end of the day, they still invade the FPA because it's the fucking Empire, like, you know, invading people is basically all they know. But, like, the fact of the matter is that you watch them rationalize their actions. You watch them talk it through and arrive at certain conclusions based on the information that they had on hand. You know, it's... 
it's a, in many ways, like, I think it is a thing you can only pull off when you have 110 episodes to work <laughs> with. You know, yeah. like, a, a lesser show, or not even necessarily a lesser show, but a shorter show, just doesn't have the time for this. Like, it doesn't even, it doesn't have the time for even one episode of people deciding, you know, these, these, these actions. Like, it's the sort of thing that can only happen because the show is, will because the show trusts its viewers to be invested in, you know, multiple right. episodes of political discussion and and political rationalization, and yeah. you know, it's just another aspect of this OVA that you know just impresses me in a way that I just don't think I have ever seen in almost any other piece of fiction I've ever consumed. You know, Sixty-six episodes in, and this show is still very engaging. Yeah, it, totally, totally. But uh, I think with that, uh, we're going to call this a podcast. So, uh, you know, let's take care of the housekeeping. So as always, you can uh, read and listen to all of our content at theglorioblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are aggregated. Uh, You can also listen to it on YouTube. Um, you can watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes on VRV and High Dive. And uh, I think that's it. You know, leave a review, tell your friends, tell your enemies, you know, uh, like and subscribe, all that jazz. You know, you know the drill. Yep. And uh, I think uh, I think that's going to do it. So uh, as always, thank you all for listening. Hero, thank you for accompanying me. Thank you. And until next time, we will see you amongst the sea of stars 